ಚಕ್ಷುರುಣ್ಣುಪದಾಯೂತಲೆಮೇಕ್ತಿವೇದ ಸ್ವಾಮಿನಮಸ್ತೆ ಸರಸ್ವತೀ ಗೌರವಾಚಾರಿಣ್ಯವಾದಿ ಪ್ರಭುನಿತ್ಯಾನಂದ್ರೀವಾಸಿಗೌರ್ಭಕ್ತವೃಂದ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರಿ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರಿ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರಿ ಹರಿ overwhelmingly grateful and happy to be with all of you wherever you may be whoever you may be on this very very special day thank you to dio goranga prabhu and lalita priya devi and birbhajaram prabhu and all the other devotees at the bhakti center and ragunath prabhu all of the incredible teachers that have come to share their wisdom their realizations with all of us i have been asked to speak on the subject of finding hope in times of crisis in the bible there is the verse seek and you shall find this is a very very sacred principle what we seek in our life is very much what we will find and that seeking is not just about external situations that come upon us but what we seek in life is how we will interpret those situations it could either be with anger or with kindness it could be with arrogance or with humility because we do not find god in the dualistic situations that come upon us in this world but we find god we find truth we find real happiness in our intention in our purpose 
Krishna tells in Gita, As you search for me, as you seek shelter, that is how I reveal myself. Srila Prabhupada gave a very simple analogy that a cat, when there is a rat in the mouth of the mother cat, the rat sees the cat as death personified. But when the kitten is in the mouth of the same cat, sees the cat as shelter, as a loving mother, as the source of the greatest joy. So according to how we approach situation, there's an internal experience that we will have stormy days in times of crisis or times of prosperity. Both are wonderful opportunities to actually spiritually grow and grow in the pursuit of real happiness. At the same time, there is the alternative for frustration, for sorrow. Seek and ye shall find. In the Sanskrit language, there's a beautiful statement that in my guru's opinion, it's at the heart of the real search for happiness. Sahi, saha, I'm sorry. Saragahi, Janardana. Sara means the essence. Grahi means one who is seeking the essence. Recently, I was at the Govardhan Eco Village, and I was sitting on a little veranda watching butterflies floating with their beautiful wings from one flower to another flower, drinking the nectar from those flowers. I heard the buzzing of honeybees who were doing the same thing. It's interesting how either the honeybee or the butterfly they're passing through so many different situations. There's concrete buildings, there's wood, there's so many things happening. There's weeds, but they don't really become disturbed by any of these things because they're focused on seeking the essence, which is the nectar, the nectar from each flower. And whatever may happen, they just keep focused on looking for wherever that nectar will be. And when they find the nectar, they become satisfied. They become joyful. And then something wonderful happens. When they're in the presence of that nectar, they not only become filled with the nectar, but they become covered with the nectar of the pollen. 
And then wherever they go, they pollinate. So many of the fruits, so many of the flowers, of so many trees and plants, they're depending on the butterfly and the bees and other such pollinators to come and bring pollen to them. They share it. And beautiful flowers grow. In a similar way, in the needs of the world, people are seeking nectar. They're seeking happiness. But there are so many alternatives of how to find happiness. Some are looking for that happiness in money, some in fame or power or sex or intoxication. Some are in defeating another person. Some are looking for that happiness in doing good to others. So there are so many ways that everyone is seeking pleasure. Anandam buddhivardhanam. But what is the real nectar that we're seeking? It's the nectar of inner peace, inner happiness, which are the qualities of the true nature of the soul, which is to experience the love of God and to taste the nectar of the sweetness of that love. In that love comes the true inner peace that is our essence. To seek that love, to seek that peace, is truly to seek the essence. How do we search for it? By associating in, in situations, in activities, and in people where that nectar is present. By seeking the association, the company of enlightened people, of people who share our, um, our goals, our intentions, our aspirations in life, by places, by seeking those places where there's community of spiritual enlightenment. So we were speaking on the subject of pollination, that that principle in nature is very much reflective of our own human nature. Lord Chaitanya taught Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema Sajika Bunois Rabanadi Sudhiti Kodiye Udoi. That pure love, love for Krishna or God, and pure joy, such ananda, eternality, knowledge, and happiness are within the heart of every living being. That potential is with us by associating with people who have that, who are spirit seriously seeking that. And by having a spiritual practice, by chanting God's names, by our meditation, by our sincere prayer, 
that love, that happiness is awakened from within us. So it is so important that we seek the places wherein we can find that spiritual connection. And if we have that purpose, then dhritavrata, vyavashayatmakabhutir, then wherever there's distractions, they won't really disturb us. The, a great disturbance is when we're confused where to go and what to do and what our destiny will be. But when that is defined through the realizations of our own heart and how we have learned from enlightened people, then we know where to seek the essence in whatever situation may come. Throughout history, many of the greatest people and most notable accomplishments have come in the light of great crisis. Much of the greatest music, literature, much of the greatest um, science, technology has been inspired by times of very difficult crisis, maybe disease, maybe war, maybe um, natural calamities. Many of the greatest athletes of the world, they have their foundational spirit to, to succeed in time, especially true on the spiritual path. The history of many of the great religions of the world have their roots in serious crisis and how there was leadership that invoked hope in the people. In the Jewish faith, they spent generations tortured in slavery and they were freed. In Christianity, there was persecutions, there was crucifixions. But what grew out of that? Such faith, such inner spiritual joy, such compassion. In the religion as Islam, in the beginning of their history, there was great persecution, trials, challenges. The Baha'i faith, many of their greatest literatures were written by their leader who was in prison, Buddha. He searched for enlightenment and found it at a time of the greatest crisis of his life. In the Bhagavad Gita, the great holy scripture for hundreds of millions of Hindus and, and those on the path of Sanatana Dharma was spoken on a battlefield at a time when Arjuna was in the most tra traumatized situation of his whole life. And we find in all of these histories 
in the face of crisis that sometimes appears impossible, people genuinely from their hearts turn to a higher power beyond themselves. To take shelter, one humbles oneself to that higher power. And the highest and greatest of all power is the power of grace, the power of the blessing of divine love. To really seek shelter, my beloved Guru Srila Prabhupada, he gave the analogy of being like a little tiny helpless baby who's in a very difficult situation. That little baby cries for his or her mother. And when the mother hears that helpless cry, she comes running to nourish and protect the child. And in the mother's arms, the child feels safe and fulfilled. In the same way, great saints have taken shelter of God's grace. There are limitless incidents, many well-known. Draupadi was at the time of the greatest calamity imaginable for her. And she cried out for Govinda, for the Lord. Kunti, Kunti was a mother who loved her children, who loved her grandchildren. And in her life, she saw persecution, execution, unfairness to her children. She saw exile, she saw war, she saw death. And through it all, she prayed, whatever calamity may come, Krishna, whatever calamity may come, my Lord, I seek shelter of you. And in seeking shelter of you, I can actually connect and experience the eternal reality of the soul's love. The soul is part of God. The soul is a spark of the perfection of God, a spark of the brilliant light of the Supreme. That's who we are, and that's who every living being is. When we seek that essence within ourselves, we can recognize, we can appreciate that essence in others. And then by drinking the nectar of where that inspiration and that hope and that realization is nourished, then we have the power to share something so valuable, so real with others. Unless we understand something's value, how rare it really is, then our tendency is to take it for granted or even to neglect it. Sometimes 
crisis, separation, help us to actually appreciate the value of what we're really seeking in our life. The value, the rareness of the association of people who can uplift us. That the association of those who are lovers of the Supreme, the association of those who are truly compassionate, who share our path with us to that compassion, is the rarest thing in all of creation. Now, sometimes when we're surrounded in a community of people who are seeking that, we take it as something ordinary. Whether we are with thousands of devotees, if we're thousands of people sharing our hearts in a community toward enlightenment, or whether we're exiled in an isolated place in lockdown, the preciousness any other in the universe it's just a matter of recognizing it because what makes something rare is not just the quantity what makes something rare is the quality At this particular time, many people are um, in an isolated situation. It gives us an opportunity to actually meditate and appreciate the rareness of the value of people who can uplift us, who can bring us closer to Krishna, to God. How special that is. Sara Grahi, to seek that essence. Our spiritual practice in ordinary times, sometimes we take it for granted, but actually it's always the rarest thing, the most valuable thing in all of creation. In times of crisis, trauma, It's an opportunity to recognize it. And when we recognize it, we put our deepest attention, we humble ourselves before it, and we take shelter. At the time of this communist regime in the former Soviet Union, people of the Krishna consciousness movement were very much being persecuted. Some were put in prisons, some in um, prison-like mental hospitals where they were experimented upon, tortured. And those who They were always um, fearing the impending at any moment. 
And at that time, there was a particular song that those devotees would love to sing. My beloved friend and God-brother, His Holiness Naranjan Maharaj, often reminds me of how when he would sing this song, whoever was present with such feeling, with tears of emotion, they would sing. Vajahure mana srinandanandana abhayat sharanaradhindare Tulabamana vajanama satsange Turaha ehe babo sindare My dear mind, please seek shelter in the all-beautiful, all-merciful, supremely sweet Sri Nandanandan, the Lord. Because when you seek shelter of the Supreme Lord's grace and mercy, then you become fearless. Paramdrisvani Vartite, you experience the higher taste of God's presence that is always within us. And nothing and no one could ever change that. The supreme friend, the supreme well-wisher, the supreme lover and beloved of every heart is within every heart. Ishwara Sarva Bhutanam Krishna tells in Gita that I am seated in every living being's heart as the well-wishing friend. When we seek shelter, we experience the presence of God. And in that presence, we find, an ex we find a realization, we can find a reality that is beyond all the pleasures and pains of this world all the ever-changing situations of this world, we can find the reality that's beyond death, the reality of our true self as an eternal loving servant of the supreme truth. We experience that beyond the power of God is the love of God, the sweetness of God's love. And in that realization, we drink nectar. And then we, wherever we want to go, or wherever we are, we want to spread that nectar. Because those who have tasted the sweetness of God's love, they become instruments of that love. That is a definition of compassion to be an instrument of grace, instrument of the highest blessing, a blessing that is beyond time, a, a blessing that is beyond creation, maintenance, and destruction of this universe, a blessing that is within each of us. That is our hope. Nature lives with hope. In the northern provinces in the world, 
winter, sometimes months and months of frigid weather and snow. At such a time, many trees, there's not a single leaf, there's not a single flower. That tree just stands there, month after month after month. But when the sun shines warmer and the springtime comes, with such incredible enthusiasm, flowers and leaves begin to spring. In fact, many people know it's a time of transformation. All through that winter, the potential for those flowers and for those fruits and leaves are there. The tree never gives up hope. The tree, if the tree were to lose hope, it would die. It withstands, it tolerates the difficult situation and when the opportunity comes, flourishes. And when the tree flourishes in that way, it's the most beautiful time. That is how life is. Crisis is inevitable in one form or another. Throughout world history, there has been pandemics there were tens and millions of people who, who lost their lives during the, the plague of the Black Death in Europe. It's something that happens, but still, some of the greatest contributions to the world were made at that time. We cannot lose hope. We cannot stop from seeking the essence in any other as a community to inspire, to keep that light of hope in our hearts, to keep the enthusiasm and determination to carry on with our good character, with our sadhana, our spiritual practice, and especially in our seva, our service to others. My own beloved Guru Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada, he was living in Vrindavan. And like that butterfly, he was drinking the nectar of Sri Radha Krishna, drinking the nectar of bhakti, of ecstatic love. And then he flew, literally, all over the world, sometimes over oceans, sometimes over continents. And wherever he was, so many 
tens and thousands, hundreds and thousands, millions of fruits of love of God were pollinated by his compassion. So many people have been awakened. And Srila Prabhupada sometimes in his humility, he said, I am just one old Indian man and this is what God has done through me. How much all of us could do. The greatest need in the world is always for that compassion. Compassion of the body, compassion of the mind, compassion of the spirit or the eternal soul. The Bhakti Center retreat that's happening now, we're, we're coming together and we're seeking the essence. We're seeking nectar. And somehow or other, there's always a way to keep seeking. Whatever impediments are there, somehow that's where human creativity is, is energized. We, we may come together in, the, in a hall to sing together, to dance together, to express our love for love for one another together. Or if that physical proximity is not possible, somehow or other, seeking that association and seeking that connection. To find hope in crisis means to seek that hope and to not be discouraged. To not look for the negative. Like that butterfly flying from one flower to another. And if there's a mile of no flowers with nectar, that butterfly will not be disturbed. We'll just keep flying and going and going till it finds that flower, always seeking that flower and will not take any substitutes. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, there's the story of Gajendra. He was a very, very powerful person. Quite famous in his circles, had a wonderful family, had all, every type of physical and emotional enjoyment that one could want in this world. But beyond his control, he found himself in the jaws of a gigantic crocodile, and he just couldn't get out. This was the worst moment of his life, the darkest experience he had ever encountered. And with all of his own efforts, he tried, because that's our duty. We must try, according to our efforts, to resolve the situations around us in this world. But ultimately, that situation awakened a memory from a 
previous life in Gajendra, where he was a great devotee of the Lord. And with tears of gratitude in his eyes, he cried out and he sought shelter. In his seeking shelter, it wasn't, God save me from this crocodile. In seeking shelter, it was God in every situation, I am yours. I give my heart, I give my life, my, I, I am yours. And that state, he experienced the highest liberation. In that state of consciousness, he had the full darshan or personal experience of the Supreme God of his heart. He was liberated. These wonderful stories are templates for a way of life. Please, let us take these principles as a compass that keeps us in the direction toward our heart's truest aspiration for Krishna's love. Srila Rupa Goswami, he wrote that symptoms of surrender are enthusiasm and patience. Like the tree that we were citing, that tree was throughout the winter was enthusiastic for the leaves and the flowers and the fruits to grow, but was patient because things happen by its own natural course. God is in our hearts. Anandam buddhivaradhanam, the joy of love, of ecstatic love is within our hearts. We know it's there. We cultivate that faith and that hope through what we read, through our spiritual practice, and through the people Seek out whenever the opportunity is there. And our enthusiasm does not wane by difficult times. Our enthusiasm is harmonized with patience. No great things have ever really been done in a way in this world that are remembered without hardships, without sacrifice, without putting aside our ideas of comfort or perhaps selfishness for a higher purpose, a higher cause. Srila Prabhupada wrote that the greatness of a person is estimated by how we tolerate provoking difficult situations. They come. It's inevitable. 
as inevitable as the sun will set and the sun will rise, the happy times and the trying times will come in our life. But whatever, saragrahi, our hope can be realized when we seek the essence. Anandam Bodhivaradanam Pradipadam Punamrita Svadhanam God's names and God has many names. They are an incarnation, an avatar of the Supreme Being in sound vibration. And as we seek shelter with a humble heart, living in a life oriented towards service, then when we take shelter of those names, we can feel the presence of the Supreme. And if we do not feel that presence, if we have the proper and longing and crying for that presence, in many ways, when we, don't, when we do not feel the presence of God, when we're praying or chanting, that's the time to cultivate an even deeper relationship. One time I heard someone ask Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada was asked, what if I don't feel enthusiasm? And Srila Prabhupada said, then you act enthusiastic in such a way that real enthusiasm will actually come from within. In a similar way, when we're not feeling the presence of God, of Krishna, whatever name we have for God, when we're not feeling that presence, when we're chanting or when we're praying or when we're performing our worship or puja, that's a wonderful opportunity to long for that presence, to yearn for that presence, to cultivate an aspiration and a hope for that presence. In every situation, we need, we need to remain focused on our search for the essence. A brief message that everyone please take very special care of your health because our health is precious when we have a precious purpose for that health. Srila Prabhupada explained and Krishna tells in Bhagavad Gita that this whole world is God's spiritual energy. The body is sacred. 
It's God's property entrusted to us. And according to our free will, you, we could use it for a negative purpose, a positive purpose, or the highest purpose. For those who are seeking to use this body and this mind for a higher purpose, the body is such a rare and special gift. It's a means by which we could do wonderful things in the world for ourselves, for our family, and for everyone. Just like a doctor uses a medical tool, perhaps a scalpel or whatever, to save a person's life. Srila Prabhupada, for the first time, he prayed to Krishna, please give me the words and give these people the the ability to understand your words so that they could be happy. This was Srila Prabhupada's prayer. Give me the words, fill me with your grace so that these people could be happy. Let me be a puppet dancing. Your puppet dancing according to your wish so that these people will be happy. Srila Prabhupada, he signed off each of his letters. I hope this letter meets you with the best of health. He wanted us to protect these bodies and he wanted us to help protect the bodies of other devotees. And ultimately he wanted us to be instruments of this compassion to all living beings that's our ultimate aspiration so please take very care good care we have a sacred gift of god in the form of this body and we have a very sacred purpose in which this body can do so much good at the same time that very purpose in which the body becomes such a sacred instrument comes through our own spiritual connection. So this is a particular time when we have the opportunity to really focus our energies on the priorities that are most important in our lives. And our Bhaktivedanta Hospital, their branches have been dedicated to treating people with this coronavirus. And in our main branch, um, you know, so many of the beds have been for that purpose. What to speak of all the other traumas, and emergencies, and diseases. And these doctors and nurses and administrators and cooks, they're working according to their capacity to keep themselves healthy so that they can actually 
have the strength to help others to become healthy. A drowning person cannot save another drowning person. So they take very special care. But then along with the body, through their prayers, through whenever possible, their teachings, beyond sectarian ideas, they're trying to help people to understand that very essence that's there within them and all around. Holistic health is the body, the mind, and the soul. So let us show kindness and care for each other. Let us protect and nourish our bodies. And through our seva and our sadhana, our spiritual practice and our services, let us nourish the soul and awaken that love. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Maharaj, for your wonderful enlightening talk and, and being with us. Um, would you, could we use the remaining time that we have to ask a few questions? Cut out a little bit. I don't know if he stopped. I am, you're just hopeful in whatever way you wish. Thank you so much, Marge. One of the questions came in was very related to what you were speaking at the end. Um, somebody asked this question, if you could elaborate more. They wrote, living in this material world, how do we find that balance between these two schools of thought? One being Krishna will take care of me, and the other is I need to do my part using the intelligence and free will granted by Krishna. Specifically, in light of coronavirus, some people may think it mundane to learn about the virus or wear masks or take certain precautions. Um, and other people, th and they say that chant and be happy, Krishna will take care. While other people feel it's important to be informed and take precautions. So how do we balance those two schools of thought between Krishna will take care of me and I need to do my part using the intelligence and free will that Krishna has given me? Let us take Bhagavad Gita. Arjuna didn't just say, Krishna, because I'm your devotee, you will take care of me, so I'll just sit on the chariot and let the battle go on. Arjuna, with all of his capacity, he struggled and he strived to do the very best he could but he was ultimately depending on Krishna. Bhakti is to do the best we very, the very best we can. And ultimately we, we know that if we do that for the right purpose, for the pleasure of the Lord, then the Lord will bless me. If we don't try, what is our devotion? If Krishna gives us this body, if we're risking our lives to save someone, that's one thing. But if we're not taking proper precautions, that's another thing. 
Srila Prabhupada let's, let us use him as an example. He left Vrindavan, where he was living a healthy life. And on the Jaladuta boat, he had two heart attacks. When he got stroke, he had so many health problems. So he was depending on Krishna. And he was making great sacrifices. But at the same time, he took every possible precaution to help his health. Every day he took morning walks. He taught his cooks how to prepare food for him that would be, that would be most suitable for his energy. And he wanted us to do the same. So in this coronavirus situation, it's immature to think, I don't have to take the proper precautions because Krishna will protect me. As they say, God helps those who help themselves. <clears throat> Rather, I have a higher purpose. I have a wonderful purpose. So let me take every precaution. And while taking those precautions, let me do everything I can to please the Lord, to connect with the Lord, and to be an instrument of compassion to help others. So we're completely depending on Krishna, but at the same time, we are very conscientious to protect what Krishna has given us. I hope that answers the question. I'd like to see say something else about hope. Please. Narottam Das Thakur, he wrote, Chilo Harinama Udhadilo Tara Sakshi Jagai Madhai. Jagai and Madhai were two of the most materialistic, violent, and misled people that have ever lived in this world. But in the association of great devotees, Nityananda Prabhu, Haridas Thakur, and given the medicine of God's names, they, with their whole heart, they took shelter. And today, five centuries later, we're still inspired by them. People still go to Madhai's samadhi or tomb to pray for his blessings because in whatever situation we're in whatever we've done whatever we've not done if we truly humble ourselves to seek shelter of the supreme power of grace we are forgiven We are cleansed. We are uplifted. We, this and so many other examples are ways in which we remember 
that there's always hope in every situation. Where there is God, there is hope. Where there is Sri Radha's grace, where is there is Sri Krishna's mercy, where is there is God who has appeared in this world in many forms, where there is his blessings, there's limitless hope. And we're given so many ways and so many people to connect with that grace. So please, let us not be despondent. Let us look to the light because that light is always there. Nothing, nothing can ever remove that light. If we seek it, we will find it. Vitaraga baya kroda manmayama mupashapa Throughout the world's history have taken shelter of me and thus attained transcendental love for me. And then we could pollinate the world with that love, with that happiness. Hare Krishna. Is there another question? Yes, Mars, there's another question. Thank you so much for all of that. Another very simple but beautiful question that I know is on a lot of people's minds that someone wrote in is, how and who do we serve in this time? When some of us are stranded at home, what is the daily service we can do in our situation? <laughs> question. Bhakti means devotional service. Any of the forms of bhakti is a way of serving the Lord of our heart, serving Krishna. Any time that we are following the instructions of our gurus or the saints, we are serving them. When we sincerely chant God's names, we are serving Krishna, we are serving Prabhupada, we are serving our gurus because we are living in reciprocation. By following, we're expressing gratitude. When we read the holy books, we are serving. Sravanam Kirtanam Vishnu. We're serving the Lord by gratefully receiving those words and trying to emulate them. If we're doing puja, that's service. We're reciprocating by offering our beloved Lord all the wonderful gifts that the Lord is giving us and offering them with devotion. Our prayer is service. Srila Prabhupada, he, he gave us, before he departed from this world, he gave us a formula in which we can never be disconnected from our service to him. He said, 
that I am always present in my instructions. By taking care of our family in a way to uplift them spiritually is service to our gurus and service to Krishna. Service is not just a physical thing. Certainly when the opportunity for service is there, we should do. But where there's a will, there's a puja. Um, <clears throat> all of these remembering the Lord, these are all forms of serving the Lord, serving our gurus and serving all the saints. We're never without the opportunity to serve. The important thing is our service attitude. To be conscious, samsidhir haritoshanam. If we're performing these activities to please our teachers, our gurus, and the Lord, that intention and the efforts built on the foundation of that intention to please is, is a very dear and intimate service to the Lord, and nothing can take that away from us. We have seen people on their deathbed where they couldn't move, they couldn't do anything, but they were just hearing others chanting the holy names with a grateful heart. Or they were just praying, and they were fully absorbed in seva, in serving. So there's really no obstacle for the opportunity to serve. Willingness is there in our hearts. Thank you so much, Mars. There's there's a there's a follow up question with that that somebody had asked um, in a little bit of a different context. They're not they're not um, stranded at home necessarily. They have a job where they're able to serve others. She said, "I love my work with so much. I get to serve people, which is my biggest drive. Can you give me some advice on how to manage working in a toxic environment?" when the people who surround you are filled with jealousy and not the best intentions? How to stay faithful and keep strong in Krishna and our practice? It's a beautiful question, thank you. Um, today with the spreading of this virus, and if you carry the virus, you can spread the virus. If you carry grace, Blessings you God's love you can spread God's blessings and God's love. In a toxic environment 
cut out. Oof. One second, everybody. Oh, Mars, he's, he's back. Okay, Mars, you mentioned in a toxic environment and then you cut out. <laughs> You're keeping us all in suspense, Mars. We're more uh, attentive than ever. <laughs> Thank you, Tayo Garanga. Um, in today's situation with the COVID-19, there's billions of dollars and so much human energy and so many prayers to find um, a vaccine, a vaccine that could give immunization from this toxic flu of COVID-19. Um, because the germs are there somehow or other if we have the power of immunity, we could remain healthy even in the presence of those germs. Satsang, the association of uplifting people. Sadhana, a spiritual practice. Sadachar, to, to really try our best with the strength that we get from our spiritual practice and our sadhana, to have character in the way we live. These things are like an immunization. If we know that there's to toxicity around us, if we know that uh, there are, are challenges to our state of consciousness and so much negativity, then we need to put some quality time aside every day to take a spiritual vaccine, to give us the strength to actually remain positive, remain compassionate, remain devotional, even in the presence of selfishness and greed and arrogance and jealousy and all of these other things. So much focus on the need for vaccination at this time. We need to regularly, daily, be vaccinated by our own good intentions and by connecting to the grace and the power of that grace, God's grace. Thank you, Marge. You, you cut out. Did you finish? Did you finish with the question? I, I wasn't sure if you cut out. I don't know where it cut out. <laughs> Thank you. Well, do we have, um, can we ask one more question, Marge, before we finish this session? Please. We have this question was brought up and it was being resonated with a lot of people on our, our chat board. She mentioned that it feels there are many violent and misleading people in control from themselves seeking pleasure and power money of many systems purposely untrue schools of thought and businesses businesses in the world right now. 
I'm feeling confused and conflicted about doing my part within the bhakti path of grace and surrender and also wanting to see the abuse of women and children discontinue, the killings of black and brown bodies discontinue, and closing the immense wealth gap that is pervasive. What can I do to help these things that are happening in service of Krishna? Hope is possible, but more difficult when the few that control many do not come from these places of love. That is the comment and question. Thank you, thank you. The, the disease of greed, envy, arrogance, anger, selfish passion, illusion, is so much motivating people. And it's a common thing in this world that people who have the, the, the most insatiable thirst for these things under these influences become very powerful, very influential. From a spiritual perspective in our own lives, we try to rise above this greed. We try to rise above this selfishness and this arrogance that I'm superior to others. Throughout the Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, all the great scriptures, there's so much emphasis on the virtue, cultivating the virtue of seeing the equality of all beings, seeing the divine life of God's presence in all beings in the birds and the animals, in the, in the natural trees and plants, and in all varieties of human beings to respect God's presence, to appreciate, to serve ultimately according to whatever capacity may be, to cultivate that awareness within ourselves and to try to spread that awareness for others is something that we could do in whatever situation may be there. One who loves God is an activist. Cannot tolerate seeing the abuse or the, or the discrimination against anyone wants to see Sarabe Sukhanobhavantu, wants to see everyone happy. So if we actually are pursuing the root cause of the problem and dealing with that within our own heart, then we have the greatest capacity to actually be an activist to resolve these problems within the world around us. Thank you very much. <laughs>